Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Dear Ruby podcast. I am your host, Rubina Ahmed Huck, and along with my co-host, Bo Humphreys, Dear Ruby aims to answer all your personal finance questions. Those questions could be about retirement, student debt, should you buy that new car, or get a used model, or how much will my divorce cost, or your divorce cost. Nothing is really off the table. Since the start of the pandemic, we have been laser-focused on all the ways the economic slowdown caused by COVID-19 is affecting your personal finances. Today, we're switching gears a little bit to how the recovery is affecting your personal finances, and we'll get into a little bit about what the federal government is doing to help Canadians. You know, Canadians have a lot of questions about all the benefits brought in to help them financially, and we are here to answer them to the best of our ability. This week, we are going to break down those big news stories, especially when it comes to the new benefits announced. A lot of changes coming that's going to affect your pocketbook, especially if you are still out of work due to COVID-19. And we're also answering your personal finance questions, which seem to be coming to me through TikTok, which is fine. Uh, As long as you're asking the questions, we're here to answer them. You can always reach us to ask your questions at DearRuby.com. That's D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com or on Instagram and Twitter and also on TikTok. Hey, Bo, how's it going this week? Hey, Rubina. Uh, pretty good. I, I uh, finished my vacation. I had a full week this week of work. It's all right. Working is okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really fa- feel like during this time in our lives, this pandemic, that finding some normalcy is like the best way for us to kind of feel like we're... Uh, that we're still living in a kind of normal environment. I know I used the word normal twice, but, you know, trying to find... We're looking for well, normal. Yeah. yeah, we're looking for normal. That's exactly right. And um, uh, vacations are weird, right? Like you go on vacation and, and like everyone's socially or physically distanced and you have to wear a mask. And so sometimes just working makes you just feel like you're kind of part of the real world again. Like you don't yeah, have to worry about... Yeah, that's a good all. point. Yeah, I didn't really go anywhere. It just was like a staycation. Um, where did we go to? Uh, we didn't make it to the beach. Uh, oh, because we were going to go to, uh, was it Port oh, yeah, Dover? Oh, you were supposed to, yeah, you were supposed uh, to go to the beach. No, it's not open. Yeah, there's a lot of things that aren't open that we would want to go to, like in terms of actually being accessible to us. So, um, And not like really weird to bring a baby to. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we just... You know, went to the park and it's nice. So, uh, you know, Gage Park here is like High Park. Um, it's bi- it's the big park, right? Um, so he can just go and run in the field, and we don't have to worry about people. You know, running him running to people. It's just nice to have a lot of space because we don't have a lot of backyard space, right? Mm-hmm. For him to run around and uh, run into the street. <laughs> we <laughs> have small parks around here, but you know, it's just nice to run in a giant field and uh, let him be free. Right. Yeah, and you guys can just sit there and watch him because you can see him for ages. And if he exactly. gets if he gets too far, you can easily catch up. That's always what I used to do. I'd lie there and just watch them. And if they got too close to like, you know, getting onto the pathway or getting into like a part where I couldn't see them, I just run and get them. And it was no yeah. big deal because you know they got little legs. I can easily catch up to them. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. yeah, we did a little bit of that, and uh, uh, I think my parents are going to come uh, next week, and we'll do that in the park. Uh, kind of socially distant good stuff yeah because uh, yeah yeah so uh overall good week good to be back 
I was no actually in your neck of the woods uh, on Friday. We, my friend has a boat, so it's really nice oh. to have friends like that. Yeah, so yeah. it's out in, uh, I guess, Hamilton, the, the yacht the club harbor. that's out in Hamilton. Yeah. The har- I don't know exactly what the name of the... There's a couple yeah. of yacht clubs, I think. Yeah, so she has a, a space there that she rents that she keeps the boat in. So we went out all around, went to Burlington Beach, had a nice swim. Nice. Uh, uh, you know, like... We've kind of, they, they live really close to us, so we haven't uh, officially bubbled with them. Like, we're still not going in each other's houses, although we were on her boat. So I did kind of feel like we're sort of bending the rules right now um, because we're on a boat together, like, obviously touching everything. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, still not doing the hugs and, like, the that kind of stuff. I don't know whether it makes a difference. Uh, I feel like probably... a lot of people are on the fence. Uh, like, yeah, you know, it's so... Like, okay, we're not doing, we're not, like actively touching each other or anything or actively sharing things but if we happen to you know use the same thing or bump into each other or be too a little bit too close maybe people are you know everyone's uh, at their own pace with this yeah right? and so we've um we've been meeting with them a bit a lot because they live really close to us so i i don't really i'm not really as nervous when i'm around her um but i've definitely um stopped like there was a one point because, you know, people want to come over and visit. Like we were sort of not being um, very restrictive. Like we'd be like, yeah, let's have a socially distanced visit. But eventually that socially distanced person or physically distanced person needs to use the bathroom. Yeah. And, you know, if they're here for a couple hours, they need to eat something and they need to drink something and they might have brought something. They might have not brought something. And so a couple of weeks ago, I just felt like it was getting a little too much for my comfort level. And so I just stopped uh, it was really one person called and asked if they could bring someone with them. And I'm like, whoa, that's too much, right? Like, yeah, that's, I yeah. mean, that's too much even in normal. I really don't like it when guests <laughs> invite guests. I've always been like. But now guests. it's like. Now it's like, what are you doing, girl? It's like a pandemic. <laughs> you I don't invite me, people. Guests, yeah. uh, social history, right? Yeah. Like you need and a report like, on everyone. Did you, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I installed the app. Did you do that right away? The uh, tracing app. So okay, yeah. I mean, I I, I have been meaning to. Uh, I had to take the new update, and so I just took it. So I am going to install it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now that my kids also are back, uh, going back to school. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be kind of in the, and I really, um, I really get frustrated with people who think it's like some way of the government getting information from you. I really highly recommend you download no, it's it. Just, it's yeah. a way of just keeping you safe. I mean, if you don't want to stay safe, that's up to you, but at least download it so others can stay safe. If they know that you, if you got COVID that we know that we've been in contact with you. That's really um, it, right? It's all anonymous or anonymized data. Yeah. In, in it's phone. not. Yeah. I mean, and you go on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody everything and give locations <laughs> and share photos. And, I know. you know, on Instagram, you share your whole life, but you don't want to download something that's going to literally save lives. I don't really understand that thinking at all. Everyone's a little bit uh, weird about all of this stuff. It's uh, it's like logic doesn't apply to something when, when it really should. Right. This is the time when you should be sharing information. Not, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, not on Facebook or yeah, on, exactly. on other social media sites. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, like, you're so willing to be like uh, on some things. Yeah. Right. It's well, I'll odd, see people go thing. on holiday and they'll share a photo uh, of them at the airport saying, "Hey, away for a week." I'm like, "Okay, but if I go back in your history, I could figure out where you live." And you've just told everybody you're uh, out of the country for a week. Like, if somebody had bad intentions. This would yeah. be the time to break into your house or go and vandalize your home or anything, you know, like take advantage of anything that because you're not paying attention, right? Yeah. It's, but don't want to download somebody was the really app. interested in that, but the app, yeah, the app's too much. It's uh, violating uh, everyone's privacy. 
Yeah, people are <laughs> people are strange. This week has been a really big week uh, for uh, uh, benefits, federal benefits. Uh, yeah. Huge announcement on Thursday, or rather Friday. No, sorry, Thursday. Thursday was the announcement. Uh, Thursday afternoon from the federal government. I mean, the big question is is that now that CERB is running out. So the old uh, the old situation was is that as of August 30th, that was the last four-week period that you could apply for CERB. And after that, we didn't really know what was going to happen, especially to those people who work in the gig economy or work at contract workers, don't make up the hours for EI. So now we have some of those answers. And it's a lot of information, but we're going to get you through it. Mm, um, the, yeah. I think the headline, though, for me, maybe uh, maybe you, you could weigh in as well, is that CERB has been extended for one more month. So beyond August 30th to September 26th, there's four more weeks. So now Canadians can actually apply for 28 weeks of CERB. So that's seven periods of four weeks that you can take CERB up until the end of October now. Until if they haven't done it yet, right? Like if something, if some, they get laid off tomorrow, they can still apply for, for that. Is that how it goes? Uh, yeah. So um, you have to you have to have had a loss of income in those periods. So it's not like you can lose your job today and then apply for March fifteenth benefits. That's not no, how no, it works. But for the future. But for the future, yeah. So, but the, C- the CERB benefits are going to run out in the fall. Run out so in, in October. Yeah, in October, okay. so right? Even if and you s- haven't used up the months, you still can't. You can't use them up. You can only go till the end of it anyway. So if I if I got laid off now, I could get CERB for another eight weeks, right? Yeah, and so the thinking is is that Canadians are still out of work due to COVID nineteen, or have had a loss of income due to COVID nineteen, and they have been, you know, CERB has been that financial financial lifeline, and yeah. it's it's something that. Uh, continues to be needed by so many people. So for them, that one extra month is just going to be um, a little bit extra time for them to figure out how they're going to sure. uh, survive after CERB ends rather than cutting it off. There are now answers as to what is going to be happening. The government announced um, three new uh, what they're calling recovery benefits. And that's why in the intro, I sort of talked about how we've now gone from emergency benefits. Yeah, that's right, to, right away. And then, yeah, the stopgap stuff and now maybe the more like thought out stuff. It's like... Exactly, yeah. So the recovery... And the big one there is that... Um, and I think this speaks to you, Bo, because you have a lot of friends who are musicians and work in mm-hmm. the arts world. And I as well have a lot of friends who work freelance and may not have like that typical kind of work situation where you have a T4 or pay stub and that kind of stuff. So the the Canada Recovery Benefit, which is effective from September 27th, uh, will provide a a benefit of $400 a week for up to 26 weeks. Oh, actually, you know, I want to just go back one second. I just realized something. So the CERB has not been extended a month, meaning it's not extended into October. It's meaning that you can now apply for more weeks of it. So if it's run out... If you, before you could apply for six periods of four weeks, now you can apply for seven periods of four weeks, but it's still ending September 27th. Okay. So, so I just want to make that they clear. They added yeah. another month for people who are on it, but you still have to uh, get to it before. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to make sure that that's clear is that it's not that CERB is being offered for one more month. It's that you can now basically... Um, if you've exhausted your six weeks, you can take advantage of seven, uh, sorry, six periods six, yeah. of four weeks 
you can now have seven periods of four weeks. Which, gotcha. So that's going to help. But it's help still in place until September 27th, uh, according to this. That's what it says. Yeah. And yeah. after that is uh, the new Canada Recovery Benefit, which okay. kicks in uh, September 27th. So pretty close okay. to October. So that... Yeah. Might, and that, if you're someone who, you know, is a gig worker, someone who maybe doesn't have sort of uh, regular employment, self-employed, someone like you and I, right, if we if we needed to, to access this, it's 26 weeks for workers, up to $400 a week. So a little bit less than CERB, but definitely better than nothing whatsoever. And um, maybe, this, uh, maybe they would get that for EI, but it seems like it's not like the maximum EI. So if you made a lot of money, uh, it's still not great. And not great. But it looks like it's like the net. Uh, it's is this still taxable too? Do we know? Yes, it's ta- yeah. it's a it's taxable. Um, so again, uh, if you're receiving this mm. benefit, you will receive four hundred dollars a week. But then when uh, when you file your taxes in uh, in April, you will be asked to you pay to tax on that money. Most likely, it won't be a lot because if you are surviving on, on on that small amount, you're not going to really have a huge salary to 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 uh, to file when you file your return. Like you won't have um, to claim uh, to um, to show the, that you yeah. made that much money. Yeah, um, to declare. Thank you. Declare, and yeah. um, uh, so you won't. Ha- you know, really, it's about looking at marginal tax rates. I mean, it's not like you're going to be making a hundred thousand dollars on this. Well, and some um, people have theories that the government's going to have a different rate for Serb, or there might be some Serb forgiveness. That's, I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but don't get your hopes up, right? <laughs> Just assume yeah. that it's going to be the worst tax rate you could possibly pay, uh, the highest the tax possible. And then, hey, yeah, if, you, if they're like, oh, if you didn't make more than this in a year, then we're not going to worry about collecting your Serb tax. Great. Right. Mm -hmm. If that's because they know that the reason why people are theorizing this is because they know everybody spent the full 2000. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't they? It's hardly enough to live on. Right. So we'll see. But just yet we got to keep reminding people, I guess, to to save the full tax or expect the full tax to, to come off. Right. Yeah, and on this um, on this uh, EI, you're still allowed on the Canada Recovery Benefit Payment. You're still allowed to make thirty eight thousand dollars a year before. Yeah. Before you have to pay any of that recovery benefit back, um, so that you know that t- works out to you being able to make a little bit of money every month, uh, you know, so that you're not re- you're not turning work down. I think they're really trying to encourage claimants to return to work and eventually start making more money that they don't need the benefit anymore, or their employer decides to take advantage of the wage subsidy program and hires them back full time. Whatever it is, they want to keep people in the workforce because the worst thing that you can do for yourself is stay home and take the benefit and reject work. And then you have been out of work for a year, maybe 18 months, and all of a sudden, um, you know, your skills are out of date, your network is out of date, and you're trying to get back into the workforce. And, you know, people are asking questions like, well, why didn't you look for work for 18 months? Or even though there was a pandemic, there were still opportunities for you to work. Why didn't you? So you don't want to be in that situation as well. If you can work, I would recommend that, you know, you it's obviously they're allowing uh, Canadians to go back into the workforce, take advantage of that and make that extra 38000 if you can. Yeah, and and an interesting thing about the thirty-eight thousand—it's it's not—it's um, uh, very similar to the way that we uh, handle bankruptcy income. Um, there, if you make over thirty-eight thousand, they're requiring uh, that you pay back uh, uh, half of anything over that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's uh, that's similar to what happens in a bankruptcy. You can you know make a certain amount, uh, but if you go into surplus over that amount that the government set, then you, you know, you still make money, uh, which is good, right? 
you're making more money, which is good. This is what I tell people, right? Like, sure, okay, it's not great to give half of it to the government, but it's not great to not make any of it either, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, if you're making more than 38 or if you happen to make 38, more than 38 during that period, uh, don't be like, oh, I can't get more money because i got to give half of it to the government. Well, like, what's better, zero or half, right? So just consider that, right? Like, don't be like, oh, I got to stop working or quit this job because it pays me too much. I always remind people that, like, money is good. Some money is good. No money mm -hmm. is bad, right? So don't worry too much about that. Uh, just be aware that, you know, you could, you got a great raise or you got a bonus. Well, you got to give half of it and if you were taking the benefit. So consider that stuff. But there's a lot of nuance to this, right? Yeah, so I really, I really encourage people to go to Canada.ca. If you uh, Google Canada Recovery Benefit, the first link that comes up will give you all the information and actually gives you a bunch of different scenarios of, you know, if you were working and you lost your job and how it would work if you wanted to take this benefit, how much money you could make. Uh, so they give a really simple example here of if you made, uh, if you took uh, $8,000 in recovery benefit, so rather if you took $4,000 in recovery benefit and then made forty six thousand dollars in 2020 you'd have to pay all of it back because uh, you'd be above that threshold and you'd have to pay back 50 you have to pay back 50 percent uh, you have to pay all of that money back um uh probably reading that a little bit wrong um but the, the the point being is that you know up into thirty eight thousand dollars you don't have to worry about what you have yeah. to pay back but you definitely um have to if you can get back into the workforce, you know, they're really trying to encourage you to do that because they don't want people thinking, well, this is all the money I'm going to be able to make. You can make more money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, because on the surface, you're right. If it's 400 bucks a week. That's nothing. Well, that's not mm -hmm. what it's supposed to be for, right? It's, mm -hmm. it, just, it's it looks like uh, they're presenting it as a supplement from the beginning to existing income. If you don't qualify for EI, you don't have regular EI or your EI. Is this for people whose EI has run out too, do you think? It's like, can they keep going? I don't know. I don't know. So the recovery benefit is really focused on people who uh, may not be um, eligible for EI. Uh, they are because they are self-employed or those who work what yeah. they call the gig economy um, or those people who didn't make up, um, simply didn't make up enough insurable hours. Now, there are some changes for the insurable hours. That too, um, yeah. You, you only need 120 insurable hours now in order to apply for EI. Um, and if you will get that minimum $400, no matter what. So normally, like before this all happened, uh, the, the Canada Center for Policy Alternatives came out with this uh, survey that said that, you know, uh, almost a million Canadians taking CERB, even those who qualify, are only going to get 312, $312, sorry, $312 a week which is far less than the $500 a week they're getting on CERB because they just cert they just didn't have the kind of salaries uh, to get full EI benefits. And so they're all of a sudden going to have to adjust their, adjust their budget uh, dramatically in order to mm. reflect that re new reality. So this is why they've come up with these recovery benefits so they can get that $400 into people's bank accounts, allow them to work for a certain amount of time, um, and uh, make sure that Canadians are not um, struggling to pay their day-to-day -day bills. Yeah, so this one is closer to the stimulus uh, thing that they did in the U.S., where they just gave everybody money to work with. Um, it's it's meant to supplement, not to help you survive. And um, yeah, I guess so. So if you know you you did the serve, you finished that, you go to this. If you don't qualify for EI, some people took serve from the beginning who qualified for EI, and now they can start back on EI. 
too. So a lot of people are just floating back into that. The, 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 those people are probably, uh, hopefully some of them get to make more, more than 2000 if they made more money. Uh, but it's not that much more than 2000 right? Because it's only 500 and something a week anyway, max for EI. Yeah, exactly. So EI has never been something that makes people rich. It just kind of gets you to your next job. But in this case, sometimes that next job just doesn't exist. And so the government's recognizing that and saying that we've kind of come up with this new situation or this new scheme, if you want to call it that, for lack of a better word, yeah. where we'll get some money into your pocket um, every week. But we really encourage you to go back and start making some money uh, on your own as well. So that, um, you know, with $38,000 plus the $400 a week for 26 weeks, you can, you know, you you can kind of um, see a situation, especially if there's two income earners in the family, where you would be able to pay your day-to-day -day bills quite easily. Uh, but just on $400 a week, it'd be really hard for a lot of Canadians to, 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 to support their families. And on the other end, uh, only like 38000 in gross isn't... Uh... Oh, this thing gross, uh, gross thirty eight thousand. Yeah, um, it would be I'm gross thirty eight thousand. Yeah. yeah, of course. That's yeah. not that's not tons, right? I mean, on it's maybe somewhere between five hundred and six hundred bucks a week. Um, so the, that plus the four hundred, you know, would uh, hopefully put it all together for you, groceries and rent and everything, right? Mm -hmm. Just give you They've a also, extra. yeah, exactly. So they've also come up because a lot of people have been asked to self isolate because they've come in yeah. contact with someone with COVID nineteen. So they've come up with this. Canada Recovery Sickness Benefit, which is $500 a week for up to two weeks, which is also effective after after September 27th. And so this is someone who's unable to work because they actually got sick um, or they have to self-isolate because um, they, they were in contact with someone with COVID-19. And so this really takes a lot of pressure off of uh, people who may be worried that if I have to self-isolate, how am I going to pay my bills? So that immediately gives you a little bit of reprieve for that two weeks. So if And if you're sick... Uh, you may have to move on to other benefits after that two-week period. Like, let's say you're too sick to return to work is what I'm trying to say. But if you're isolated, it's only 14 days. And if, you're, if your employer isn't paying for you to be isolated, then you can take advantage of this. And then when you're done your isolation period, you can go back to work and not have to worry about two weeks of unpaid, um, uh, two weeks of not getting any pay. Yeah, and I mean, for the employer, I suppose the, the two considerations would be, well, I'm going to lose this person's work for two weeks. And then, well, I don't want to pay them, or do I have to pay them? At least they, I guess, don't have to worry about I, maybe they don't have to pay them uh, since they're getting some money. But also, I don't know, like some employers might be reluctant to send people home uh, if they're not sick. Um, so hopefully people kind of follow the rules. The quarantine laws are still in place, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, we've talked about how uh, we're sick of the virus, but the virus is not sick of us. Yeah. Uh, it's still it's still here. We can still get in contact with it. We can still get sick with it. We can still have to quarantine because of it. it now, tra some travel is allowed outside of Canada. Um, so, for example, I, my friend um, is in England right now dealing with... Um, dealing with the estate of their of uh, uncle that passed away okay. there due to COVID-19, but had no wow. dependents. And he was their executor. So when he comes back, he's going to have to isolate for two weeks uh, sure. when he gets back. So, um, you know, whatever the case is, why you've had to... What, why you've had to isolate, um, that may not qualify, that that isolation may not qualify because he did go on his own volition. Uh, but if you, you know, if you are working at a grocery store and all of a sudden you find out three of your colleagues got COVID-19 and they ask a bunch of people to isolate, you may, the first question might come to your head is how am I, I going to pay my bills? Like, I know you're asking me to isolate, 
but you, you how am I going to get paid? And so this is this sort of this sort of satisfies that question. And so for me, if I uh, so like if Henry was exposed and I had to stay home um, for um, because I was in contact with him um, because of the quarantine rules, um, I would still be able to work from home because mm -hmm. I'm already working from home and I'm only isolating. I'm not actually sick. Right. So I'm, I'm actually capable of doing that. So I should still be able to work. However, I might have to take care of him. And that's where the next one comes in. Right. The caregiving benefit. That they yeah. So the caregiving benefit, I think, is really good, especially when it comes to um, women's situation, because uh, many women have had to take time away from their jobs because their yeah. kids are at home and they have been unable to go back into the workforce. Now, it doesn't help them with getting back into the workforce and it doesn't help them with helping their careers, but at least gives them some financial sure. support. Uh, so this is really, uh, if you have to stay home to take care of a child under the age of 12 um, because the school or daycare is closed, because you don't want to send your child to school because you're worried about them getting COVID-19, uh, because the caregiver who usually provides the care is not available, all these other reasons where basically you cannot work because you have children that you need to take care of at home, you can take advantage, which is, it's actually more lucrative than the um, EI benefit. It's, it's $500. And uh, yeah, it's just like SERP. So it's $500 for 26 weeks, which I think is a pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty fantastic uh, benefit because this is really going to help those households where uh, one person has had to uh, cut their hours back because their children are at home and they've been struggling to try to figure out how they're going to do a full-time job and take care of their children. Now they have some options uh, so that they can take time away from work, although the the effect it will have on their career is another story, but at least it will financially support them while they're uh, at home taking care of their children. I'm curious uh, as to what fine print there is on this, because if you can actually make some money, um, you know, while you're doing this, maybe similar to CERB rules, we'll see, because I don't think they have a lot of detail on on this yet. Um, and uh, you know, something that you you mentioned, if you want to keep your kids home, is that enough? Right, because they 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 seem to mention specific things, right? Like, the schools are closed or daycare is closed, so you can't take them, right? That's fine. Uh, you have somebody with a disability, um, and and their program is closed, um, mm -hmm. or a child, um, or or has been advised by a medical professional that they're high risk. But there's nothing that's mentioned in there, just in this summary about preference. And that's that's where a lot of people are talking about. Like, I don't want to send my kids home because I I would rather not. Is that mm -hmm. enough? I, I wonder. Yeah. So they may. It sounds like they want it to be a reason because your child is at, at high risk, or maybe yeah. if you're at high risk of contract, if you contract to COVID nineteen, it would be it would be detrimental to it, you. Would be more at course, high yeah. risk of dying or getting too, really yeah. sick. I think it also deals with COVID nineteen outbreaks. So if your school has an outbreak and they yeah. ask children to isolate. Um, and all of a sudden you have to tell your employer, I can't work for a few weeks because my kids are home now and I really, I can't do. So this gives you the option to say, okay, I need to take a couple of weeks off because I need to take care of my children. So yeah. that, it, that, it, that's the example that they give is that there's an outbreak at the school. Children are asked to stay home for two weeks. You can take advantage of this uh, benefit for the t period that they are at home isolating or while that outbreak is being managed and before they can go back to school. And we just have to hope that employers 
our understanding in all of this, right? Like, if we don't have a choice, we don't have a choice, right? I mean, it, they may not be bound by law. I don't know uh, wh what the correlation is here for, for you to not be penalized for being away from work. I don't mm -hmm. know. Do they have to lay you off? Is that part of this? I don't, I don't know how that works, right? It's like, do you have to be laid off from your job officially to get this caregiving benefit? No, you don't have to be laid off. You just have to be in a position where um, you can't work. So, yeah, I guess if you were laid off, you that would also um, you you probably would have to take the um, the other benefit, the other recovery benefit, which is Can the uh, EI benefits? benefits. You cannot take two. You okay. can't take okay. you can't take uh, the caregiver and CERB or the caregiver and the EI. And you can't take uh, so. Yeah, so I think if you uh, were at home with your children. The first thing you should do is try to get the um, the caregiver benefit because that's the one that's yeah. going to net you the most amount of money. That's right. Yeah. So you get that. Uh, so then you're basically just have an agreement with your employer to come back whenever you get permission to get the kids back into where they're going. This could be a, like a, a two weeks here, a two weeks there sort of situation, right? I feel like that's going to be more common where they're isolating everybody for two weeks. Okay, the outbreak is good. Everybody can come back. Like mm -hmm. that's what I that's what I'm seeing in the fall because it's already been happening for schools that have been opening. Right. One kid has it. They got to shut it all down or the cohorts or whatever they're in. So mm -hmm. we'll have to see about all this. So I got a couple questions that I wanted to answer, Bo, from TikTok because I did a video about CERB, which got mm. a lot of questions. I found this one really interesting. I almost feel like they're testing me, but maybe sure. maybe I'm just being <laughs> uh, I'm just being insecure. About Challenge this. accepted. Uh, yeah. Critical. Uh, but uh, my EI benefits were exhausted on December 28th, 2019, and I could not find a job after that. Would I be eligible for CERB? So technically, you're not, because it has to be that you exhausted your unemployment benefits between December 29th and October oh. 3rd. <laughs> it is a test. It is a test. I think someone's testing me. So I would say that you should probably still try to apply for CERB, because uh, you could... You could argue that it ended on the twenty, like because yeah, it's the twenty yeah, eighth. Technically, what what day was it? What is, did, yeah. is it the day after? Or the, yeah, I feel like you could probably get away with um, because if it ended on the twenty eighth, it kind of it's like it's sort of uh, it it got exhausted on the twenty ninth. That's the <laughs> word that they're using. I don't know. Like I think you Definitely could probably worth a, worth a check, right? Like mm -hmm. could be. Yeah. Argued. So. Yeah, because a lot of people, this is what's happened to them is that, you know, they maybe they lost their job, whatever, in in, uh, in the summer. And so it took them a few months to find a new job. Um, and then it, there's one example where they were offered a job and the offer was rescinded because the pandemic started. And so yeah. all of a sudden they're like, oh, I spent all these months looking for a job, finally found one, was just about to start, and it was rescinded because that company shut down. And so a lot of people are in this situation where through mm. no fault of their own, um, have not been able to access some benefits because they don't fit into this box. But that is what the website says, is that you have to have exhausted your unemployment insurance regular benefits from December 29th to October 3rd. But you may still qualify for some of the recovery benefits. Uh, you may still be able to get CERB if you could show that you still made $5,000 last year yeah. and, um, and, uh, and can't find work because uh, your place of work is, is, uh, is closed down. Yeah, I feel like now there are there is just a small uh, portion of the population doesn't qualify for something. I mean, who's who's left out still? I I I don't I don't know. People who didn't work well, at all. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be people who will fall through the cracks or won't won't qualify for um, for uh, for they might qualify for CERB, but they may not qualify for one of the recovery benefits. Or there's there's going to be definitely stories once once these benefits yeah. are switched over. Of people I want to know have, who's uh, missed it. Who's missed? They always miss. Yeah. Somebody. Right. And we always and we always want to hear from those people so that we can try to yeah. answer their questions. Yeah, for sure. Um uh so another... I mean but you're right. It has been they've thrown their net pretty wide. Like the fact that they're including all gig and self-employed workers that that does cover a lot of people um uh who who normally would not have any access to any benefits. Mhm. This is good, yeah. What, so what the else, next, uh, yeah. Out? So the next question is: What happens if you do not qualify for EI? I was on EI when the pandemic hit, and my EI ran out May 2020, and they switched me to CERB. Okay, now I'm yeah. a little confused about this because I my understanding was is that you got switched to CERB right away, and then you used your EI benefits after CERB ran out. Not but everybody. If, the, if they were already on before, I've heard some people they just stayed on it, and then they just let it run run its course. I see. Right, because they okay. were on it before the CERB existed. Um, or they were on it like just before a serve existed. So yeah, that I've, I've heard that for sure. So for this person, uh, you can apply for the new recovery benefits. So it's going to be that $400 a week. Um, that will get you through the next 26 weeks and hopefully you can find work or you can start working a little bit, uh, while taking that benefit. And then that will translate into, to more hours and more money once that benefit runs out. So there is something available now. This question was asked before the announcement was made. So it's actually great that for someone in that situation through, again, through no fault of their own has been unable to work. And so now they have something that they can, they can rely on. Yeah, that's good. It's it's good to have these answers now. We've been waiting for this week. Right. Because uh, yeah, exactly. this week it was like, well, we'll see what they come up with. Yeah. And now that the uh, the parliament is um, prorogued until the end of September, there was a lot of questions of like, well, are you going to have no announcements? So they had to make some sort of announcement uh, yes. in order for uh, people to get through. Now, it does need parliamentary approval, which I'm not really sure how that happens, but um I think they, they can push it through before the end of August. Um, but how does that happen when they're not there? Uh, may, yeah, so um, it does still need parliamentary approval. But um, I would think that these things are going to get pushed through because they are necessary for Canadians to get some money into their hands. That's nice to just prorogue uh, your job, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm going to pull rogue my life. Right. Um, the other one is I got more CERB. So I'm assuming maybe they got two payments by accident or something like this happened. I'm, I'm not sure if I should keep reporting. I don't really know what they mean this about has reporting. Been happening. Uh, yeah. So if you like, this is the thing, right? It's like anything in life. If you got more than you should, you should return what you shouldn't have gotten yeah. because eventually maybe you might get away with it, but eventually they might catch up to you and then ask you to pay it back anyways. Um, if you don't know how to pay it back, Take that money and put it somewhere separate so that when they ask you for it, say, yeah, I've been saving this on the side. The government does have a very clear way of how you can give CERB money back. So go to the Canada.ca website or Google, how can I return um, unneeded CERB money? It will come up right away. There's a link to get you to the right place to help you understand um, how to return CERB money if, uh, if you've gotten too much or if you got a payment that you did not apply for. This is, and, and uh, like, CRB that you didn't qualify for is actually uh, quite common because you apply for it, you get it, and maybe you go back to work the next day. Well, that mm-hmm. you know, so that means if you're working for those uh, that period, you you don't get the CERB. So you just be aware of those things, right? If you get a paycheck um, and it's more than what you're supposed to, 
Or if you made more money in the month than the thousand at the time, that's mm-hmm. another thing that takes away your SERP too. So there, there's a lot of things that if they, you know, they have these things called uh, computers and formulas that they use to do all of these analyses, and they they can find this stuff without looking by mm-hmm. just running a running an analysis on what's going on, right? So just be aware that it's not like, oh, what are the chances they're going to find me? They they probably will find you. Just assume they will, right? It's not like they're going to audit your rent uh, for taxes. Like that's a different mm-hmm. story. This is like, mm-hmm. did somebody work and did they make more than this? Did they get CERB? Um, computer, right? It's It's mm-hmm. pretty clear, right? I wonder how they're going to track down self-employed income, though, because it's, it's kind of... Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it's harder. Like, I, I you, you know, if you as a self-employed person, I was thinking I could I could just not invoice for a little while, and that would mean I didn't get paid, right? So yeah. I could sort of, I could manipulate the way that I'm getting paid. You can also paid. just not pay your taxes, too, right? There's a lot of... <laughs> this is yeah. all voluntary stuff, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a, exactly. It's an honor system, and so it's really it, it it's really comes down to your decision, on to mm-hmm. what to report, like if you worked in hospitality and you report tips or not, um, you know, just that's what there's audits and there's a, there's a lot of stuff that uh, they can do to check. Uh, but you might not even remember that you weren't supposed to report this or that when you go to do your taxes. So there's those kinds of checks that are, are going to catch people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, oh, wait a minute. I got the CERB. Uh, but I thought I was supposed to. Everyone thinks of money that they get in their bank account is theirs and it's always theirs. And that's not always true. And I see mm-hmm. it all the time. People have to repay stuff and then they don't have it and then they get mm-hmm. fined and then they have to file bankruptcy. It just mm-hmm. happens, right? Yeah. So pay attention yeah. to money and make sure that it's owed to you, right? Because uh, you mm-hmm. will have to pay back. Probably. Right. Um, this has been a really big week when it came to announcements from the mm-hmm. federal government. Uh, a lot of people, uh, I think, sighing relief that there is something, at least for the next uh, six months or so, that they can rely on. Uh, I think the push really is is to get people back to the workforce. And so, you know, um, my best advice right now is if you are on um, any kind of emergency benefit and you're, you know, you're going to be switched over to EI or switched over to a recovery benefit, uh, that's great. But I think the, the, the real focus should be on getting back to work safely if you can. And if you feel comfortable doing it, definitely don't be turning down work just because you'd rather take, you know, a, a, take, yeah, take a, a benefit. work for anybody. It doesn't work well. I, it might feel good just sort of not having to work, but uh, eventually you're going to have to go back into the workforce and it's just going to make you that much more rusty, for lack of a better word, to get back in. Not just because of your skills, but also when you're out of work for a while, you kind of get a little bit used to that feeling and it's sometimes hard to get your, you know, get back into the groove of, uh, of, of the work world uh, when you've been out of work. So really, I really encourage people to get back in. If you're working right now, I also encourage people to beef up that rainy day fund, beef up that, um, beef up, beef up that, uh, emergency reserve fund, because we may have a second wave of COVID. We may see an economic slowdown again, where government uh, shuts the, the economy down and, you know, your job may feel safe now, but it may not be safe in the fall. So be proactive and try to, um, try to, uh, save some money now so that if things were to slow down, uh, that you have, or you're in a better financial situation. And the, and the number one way, I'm sure Bo, you would agree with this to recession proof your money is to pay debt down because when, yeah. when a recession hits, if you've got, you know, if you've got loss of income and you can't find a job, um, the worst thing is, is having to make, uh, debt payments on stuff that you bought 
a year ago that no longer even exists in your life anymore. Yeah, that's it's the worst, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people who I talk to, they're like, oh, you know, I could always service my debt. I could always service my debt. And then something happened and they couldn't, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, the the best way to, to protect yourself is, yeah, you, you don't. You don't need debt, right? Um, mm-hmm. That that should not be a part of everyday life. It should be something that happens when you d- couldn't plan the thing, right? And or you need to buy something that you can't afford that you need to move forward with your life. Uh, it's it, it's not something that you should just have as part of every day and be like, my life is fine because I can pay the minimum payments. That that doesn't work. It eventually catches up with you, and these mm-hmm. kinds of things uh, accelerate it, pandemics. Uh, big events in your life, unexpected vet bills, things like that. Those are the things that hit people hard. And if they have debt, then it it makes it really tough to to move forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, when uh, even though we are now globally in this pandemic and most places in the world are feeling the effects of it, I'd say 100% of the world is feeling the effects of it. We have uh, small emergencies in our lives all the time that can kind of mimic what we're going through, but on an individual basis, you lose a job, Mm -hmm. you lose a spouse, um, you have to, you know, stop working because someone is sick in the family. So many emergencies are happening in people's households all the time. It's just that right now we're feeling it on a global scale and everyone's going through it. So there's lots of support around you, but you should still um, prepare for your own emergency situation in the future where other people may not be going through what you're going through. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a great uh, podcast, Bo. I really um, think we got through a lot of information there. I really recommend people go to Canada.ca. The information is quite fresh, even in my mind, uh, to get all the information on the recovery benefits and the EI switching, which they say seamlessly they will be switched to EI uh, after September 27th. So if you want to find out, they've got lots of good scenarios there. You can ask, you know, you can maybe get uh, answers to all of your questions. Uh, you can reach us if you want answers to questions at dearruby.com, D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow me on TikTok and ask questions there. And uh, we'll try to answer them on the show. And if you send in an audio question, which we really would love to hear, we'll play it and we can answer it for you um, uh, that way as well. All right. We'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Have a great one, Bowen. We'll talk soon.